Uh, you feel that now? I feel like Rocky in this one, baby. Let's go. Alright, check it. Uh. Blast from the past, back from the future So if I pull the trigger in the past, I know you and your future I'm still hustling, still hugging the block The referee to the shit, I'm still calling them shots I can't be stopped, that's what I told you I'm living my life like a box of Crayolas I'm cutting up white, smoking that green Purple color pens, I'm still making this cream I'm so sick, uh, check my throat quick My wrist light up a room like a handful of glow sticks I'm like spoiled milk, the kid's gone bad Then it's the menace when my pen touches the pad uh, Niggas is mad, but the ladies is glad Yo, they rubbing up against me like this nigga is rad Fucking two divas, drinking on sangria I got the beam of the colors, diarrhea, uh Tie your strength to my feet cause I'm so fly Hopped out the DeLorean, it's Artie McFly Welcome to the Rick H Show. I don't hear the applause. You guys hear it? You hear it? I hear it. We hear it. We hear it. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, earlier my wife was asking me a question, and I, I, was, I wasn't I was doing the husband thing where I was pretending not to hear. I really couldn't hear. And she was, like, getting frustrated. <laughs> She's, like, on the third floor of the house. I was like, I can't hear you. Um, welcome to the show. Today we got founder, chief investment officer, and business operator. He's going to go in through all that in a second. A Brian Velez work. is here. Yeah. So we promised our audience, you know, how to get their money right, like some mm-hmm. financial advice. Also, um, Bitcoin, is is that a real thing? Um, I get my financial advice from Rick Ross, and he's not about it. So, <laughs> Brian, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Rick Ross, is, he, Rick Ross is like out of our caliber. We can't take advice from him at this moment. You I know, went, we got, I we went to take money advice from Ricky Rose. <laughs> Well, you know, just like everybody on this day and age, you know, I get my news from Instagram, right? You know, my financial advice from TikTok and Rick Ross. Um, so uh, let's first of all, let's just talk about Bitcoin. Let's just go with right into the jump water. right up in it. Yeah. What the hell is it? Uh huh. What is it? Should we invest in it? Well, let's get to know who Brian is. Brian, how did how did you end up in this circle? And is this your calling and all that good spiel? Yeah, so my background is uh, so I, I graduated from Columbia. That's actually where I met Jazz. So oh, I studied I studied applied math and economics there. Um, my first job out of college was at a hedge fund. So mm-hmm. small, long, short equity hedge fund trading stocks and options. There was about ten of us on the desk. Mm-hmm. Um, did that for a couple of years, then I moved over to an investment bank at Cowan, and I was a, I was an equity research analyst at Cowan. So I covered beverage, beverages, tobacco, and cannabis. So all the sin stocks is pretty wow. cool. All the co- all the conferences, I would get a free alcohol and free weed. Pretty good, pretty good job. Oh. On the I could interject. We did not consume <laughs> cannabis at this time, so there was a lot of wasted opportunities. Okay. What? Oh, I, I'm wearing actually Lao City Farms. One oh, of there my, we go. Yeah. My proud sponsors. Hey! It was just so out. happy I'm wearing this hat. But oh, okay. Damn. So no cannabis. All right. Let's just move so forward. It was, then. <laughs> so it was a cool. So it was, it was it was cool doing that for a few years. But I, you know, I saved up my bonuses, racked up a little bit, and I decided mm-hmm. to start my own business. So I opened up a gym in Brooklyn, New York. So OPEC South Brooklyn, I've been doing that for the past three years. We opened up right before the pandemic. But then during COVID, during the quarantine, 
I felt like I had more time on, and I started, I started a podcast actually myself, started getting a lot more into investing, trying to talk to my family and friends about kind of what's going on with the economy being shut down, what to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And so I eventually started my own hedge fund seven months ago. So as of January 1st, I'm also the, the running my own hedge fund that is in capital. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that. So I split my time between the gym and the fund. So, you know, I'm working for myself. I'm fully committed to doing this. And this is my life now. <laughs> Damn. The corporate America. No wonder, Jazz. Yeah. You a catch, bro. You a catch. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. Trying, man. Brian, I got to keep up with her. I got to keep up with Brian, her. Brian's the lucky one. All right, Rick? Don't get it twisted. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so, I mean, a lot of people have interest in money and making money and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. is finance really a passionate? I mean, it has to be. You're, yeah. You know, you're into it. You it's a game. Hedge fund. It's a game, man. Like this is the thing. I feel like I play sports my whole life. You know, I play okay. baseball is my number one sport. Okay. I play multi sport athlete quick. my whole life. Yankees. Okay. Oh, okay. Yankees. We're ending this interview right now. Fuck no. out of here. All right. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> but you know, this is the thing with sports is you know what you have an expiration date with sports. Right? Mm-hmm. I played throughout high school. I realized I wasn't going to go pro. So what am I trying to do playing in college, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing with business and, and investing. It's a sport you can play for the rest of your life. So that's kind of the way I see it. I wake up every day. It's like game day. Uh, you, just, you know, Jasmine sees me in the mornings every morning, just getting prepped for my day and everything, going through my research, going through the news. Mm-hmm. So it's a game to me, right? And I think people have to understand that at the end of the day, you might not like the rules of money and how the economy works and everything, but you got to play the game if you're trying to win. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I try to invest and, and do that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's a hard pill to swallow because okay, we don't be, people don't want to play the game. They want to break the system. Yeah, so I, you know, um, so there's a bunch of like get rich quick schemes. Um, fortunately, the stock market is one that is actually legal, and if if you're playing around, you're paying attention, you can make some some money in it. Um, sure. But then there's other things like forex and things like that. Are, are those things you would advise people to get into? And then we'll jump into the Bitcoin whole thing. Yeah, so I mean, when it comes to markets, I mean, forex is just a different asset class, right? That's just mm-hmm. trading currencies. You could trade stocks, you could trade currencies, you could trade commodities like oil and gold, right? You could trade crypto. These are just markets. So I think the average person probably doesn't have enough time to have an edge in markets, honestly, because I did this professionally at a fund and also at an investment bank and now doing it for myself. The level of sophistication you have to have in kind of reading into the markets is a lot. And I think the average person who's working a job trying to beat the market is flat out going to fail, unfortunately. So that's why they generally say, hey, just passively invest your money. Try not to do too much trading, if, if anything, under trade. So just buy and hold and just forget about it and check it in 5, 10, 15 years. Um, but for me, obviously, you know, I've been doing this for a while, so I'm obviously more active. But I think the average person probably shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I am queen hold. I'm queen okay. hold. I, I throw it and forget it. Yeah, I mean, that's the best advice because the thing, get rich quick, right? There's nothing in life that's going to come quick, first of all. Nope. So I'm Word. sorry to burst everybody's bubble. But um I think you invest in something like a friend of mine invested in Bitcoin when it was like $50 a share or a coin or whatever nice. early on. This was like eight and 10 years ago. And now yeah, he's got a be. heavy chunk of change. Mm-hmm. So explain to me the cryptocurrency. Ricky Rose told me not to invest my money in cryptocurrency. Why Yo, should Ricky I? Ricky Rose sleeping. He's sleeping. So he, he can't see it. So if he can't see it, just like <laughs> NFTs, you don't believe in it. So I, I think there's a dist- we gotta make a distinction first off between mm-hmm. Bitcoin and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. So I think people tend to 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 group Bitcoin with Ethereum, Solana, all these other cryptos. Those coins. I like to yeah. 
I like to think of it as two separate things. There's Bitcoin and there's everything else. That's first off, right? Okay. Second off, Bitcoin was really established as it's a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. So people have been forever trying to build electronic cash systems. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the issue with money today is that it's controlled by a central bank, which is ruled by government and politics. This has been going on for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Uh-huh. Even the Roman Empire had, you know, centralized currency. And what they do is every time there's a crisis, they debase the currency without telling the people. This is what happened in 2008 during the global financial crisis. This is also what happened in COVID during 2020. We locked down the economy. We printed five, six, seven trillion dollars worth of U.S. dollars. And now we're all wondering why there's so much inflation. Well, it's because the government debased our currency. So Bitcoin was created in 2009 after the 2008 global financial crisis as an alternative money system that was independent of central banks and government. Right. So that's pretty much the the easiest way to kind of think of it. Um, But I think of Bitcoin as a monetary asset, as money, as a money alternative, Mm -hmm. whereas crypto, I would consider those more speculative investments for people kind of think of it as like a speculative tech investment. So Bitcoin is like a currency? That's the best explanation I've ever heard, by the way. I think I'm going to chop that up and put that as a soundbite. You should do that. Because that's the best explanation I've heard. And, you know, a lot of people think like me and Ricky Rose. We can't see it. We don't understand it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty old. Um, But it makes a lot more sense. And especially when you start talking about government, that's when people take a closer listen. Yeah. I would also add that, like, you, when you when you say government, I automatically think middleman. I'd be thinking about, you know, oh, my God, I, I need the working class. Clear it. Yeah. And like if I'm sending money through PayPal or whatever, 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 that little those days that it takes to clear, that's so shady to me. I'm like, but that's mine. Like I work for it. I get that. Like, why do you need to clear? Why can't I just get the money mm-hmm. instantly? You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's that, that's just what I think about when you say government. And I think about them being a the middleman of like where the money's going, clocking, whose hand it's going in. Yeah, that's why they well, installed our, our, all these tax laws on Cash App, Venmo. Uh, which PayPal. is crazy. They want to come after our little $600 side hustles, but they're not going after the billionaires. <laughs> Make me want to fight. Well, you know, our economy has just been so financialized, right? So mm-hmm. there's, our, our economy is built on middlemen, right? When you're, trying to send, when you're trying to send money overseas to your family, and you use Western Union, they're the middleman taking that bite through That's the middle, right? That's expensive too. Exactly. And so, you know, a lot of people, especially like in Cuba and Latin America overseas, they're using Bitcoin as a way to send their family money without having to go through Western Union and all these other uh, these other intermediaries. So I think it serves, you know, as Americans, I think we take it for granted because we don't really need alternative money because we, we are backed by the U.S. dollar, mm-hmm. right? But that's a that's a privilege that other countries don't have. And overseas, you know, they don't trust their local government. Other countries do, do not have the U.S. dollar to back them. So, you know, they have to resort to a kind of alternative currencies. And, and Bitcoin specifically can be a life raft for a lot of people, especially if they're trying to escape their country. Wow, that's that's two points for Brian on the Bitcoin battle. Ro- Ricky Rose, you're not making no more sense to me right now. <laughs> um, let's talk about the because, uh, you know, again, social media, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I hate it, but this is this is true. Like people look for these. These are the sources for information, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency is another way to uh, launder money. There's illegal activities going on. Then, you know, busts are happening on it. Can you speak to that? First of all, you don't work, you don't work for Bitcoin. You're just giving us your, your, your uh, opinion on it. 
Uh, how what yeah. would you tell first off, no, was? no. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Say it. I was gonna say for, first off, no, no one, no one works for Bitcoin, right? Like, there's yeah. no CEO, uh-huh. there's no, uh, there's no C-suite kind of backing Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are all members of the Bitcoin network, right? I mm-hmm. own Bitcoin. Um, I'm a member of the Bitcoin network, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't I have no say over the monetary policy or anything that's going on like that. Okay. Um, regarding like money laundering and, and everything like that, I would, I would caution people with that, with that argument because the U.S. dollar, specifically cash, not electronic cash, but actual physical you know greenback cash yes people launder money all the time with us mm-hmm. dollars so this whole notion that people are committing crimes and and doing fraudulent activities with bitcoin if anything if i was a crim- if i was a criminal that would be the last thing i would want to do because every transaction is recorded on the blockchain it's very transparent for everyone to see and it's auditable so you can see who's sending money to what address and what time and at what amount you can't do that with us dollar cash right so Anyone who's trying to commit crime using Bitcoin is probably stupid in the first place, and they're going to get caught regardless. So I think that I think that argument's pretty tired, honestly. Mm, okay. Mm, well, the, tired. The, some of the time. some of the one of the biggest busts actually was a Bitcoin bust. Now I gotta look it up. Oh my sure. God. It was a. Uh, it was actually a, she was a, a artist or something like a singer. They laundered four point five billion dollars in stolen money. Yeah, I'm, the government seized. The government seized. I love that the government seizes things. I love that they well, seize it, right? Like we're gonna hold this for you. Yeah, we don't What's know. What's crazy is I think I think the U.S. government is one of the largest billion. holders of Bitcoin. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that makes sense. Three point six billion. So? Mm-hmm. Just from seizures of Bitcoin alone, just criminal seizures, they're probably one of the largest uh, holders, but private owners of Bitcoin. Bitcoin? The hard well, they drive. take you to they they take you to court and they they get your public their private key and they and they withdraw the Bitcoin from your wallet and give it to their wallet. You you have to give them the private key though. People giving out the key. Well, I if mean, you're taking the if, court if, and you're subpoenaed, yeah, you have if to. You're subpoenaed by a judge. And but a if judge you're gonna go to jail regardless, over. like you might as well just leave it locked up. It doesn't work like that. I mean, but they know you have it. They know. You so have if they it. say, Jasmine, we're locking you up for life mm-hmm. if you don't give us the key. But we're giving you 20 years. If you give us a key, what are you going to do? I'm probably giving them a key. I'm, <laughs> I'm probably giving them the key. Well, that's why you have multiple wallets, right? $3.6 billion in cryptocurrency. Uh, it doesn't say which specific coin it is, but it must be Bitcoin. That's so what crazy. is coin mining? That's another phrase I've heard as well. So Bitcoin mining. So that's when people... so. In order to generate more Bitcoin, mm-hmm. uh, you have what's called miners. So miners are basically computers that are solving the, uh, the algorithmic uh, computation behind Bitcoin. So basically, mm-hmm. they're solving uh, mathematical problems to mine more Bitcoin. So that's really securing the network. So when, whenever, whenever a transaction is conducted on the blockchain, this is complicated, I know. Whenever a transaction is, 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 transact, is transacted on the blockchain, those transactions are secured and verified by the miners. So you could kind of think of them as the... Uh, the teachers kind of checking the transactions, making sure everything's okay. And they get rewarded with Bitcoin back as a reward. So it's like the computer is like the worker, right? Let's say, Mm -hmm. let's imagine this was like, you know. These are servers, right? The computers are doing the work. Exactly. Got it. And And they're just verifying transactions on blockchain and their reward is Bitcoin. Got it. Beautiful, beautiful. And and those people make a decent amount of money as well because I heard you can make 1,200, I think, a week. Per you can make decent money. server, yeah. 
you could make decent money with it. Um, the, the challenge is you also have to pay the operational expense for hosting yes. the server, electricity cost. So, you know, that's actually something we've been investigating for the fund if we want to buy Bitcoin miners and, and get into that business. Mm. Honestly, it's, I think for the, for the layperson, it's probably simpler to just buy Bitcoin outright as opposed to mining Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it could be a good way to, to kind of dollar cost average into Bitcoin if you don't care about the price too much. Okay, so let's take Jasmine Ruiz, right? Uh, she's a young lady. She's working, right? She's making her, let's say, 80K, right? Um, which most people can't get 80K jobs right now, which is sad. But she makes 80K. She also is an actress. and She's making this money on the side. So she decides to invest her side money. Um, what's some of the first things you should look at? Yeah, so I think when it, when it, 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 so I think this this is a complicated question because it depends mm. on her her objectives and also her timeline and also My what's going on in the current environment. Money. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what do what do you right, advise? So, so right now we're in the middle of I would describe as a bear market. We're probably going to be in an official recession by the end of the month when the two Q GDP numbers come out, right? So I expect the market to continue going down from here. Brian, so, you're gonna have to explain that for us. Like, yeah, so you, like, so break te- that down. So sorry. So tech. So technically, a rece- The the government defines a rece- a technical recession as two as two quarters where GDP growth domestic product, basically growth of the economy, mm-hmm. contracts or so goes negative. Mm-hmm. So one okay. Q GDP. So first quarter GDP was yeah. down one point six percent. Two Q GDP. It was is going to be down about one percent. We'll see what's going to be at the end of the month, but we'll get the final number at the end of the month. So. My estimation, my, my expectation is that by the end of the month, we will be officially in a recession. And so you're going to start seeing CNBC, CNN, Joe Biden come out on TV saying, oh, we're in a recession, but it's not too bad, yada, yada. Markets mm-hmm. are going to continue going down. So what I would say to the average person right now, Jasmine's trying to get this money, saying she's saving up her money on the side. I would say, honestly, right now is probably a good time to stack up in cash, right? And I, say, and I know that sounds counterintuitive because inflation is so high, but the thing is the, the rate of inflation is less than the amount that asset prices are going to go down. So stocks and crypto are going to go down faster than inflation is going to erode your purchasing power. Mm. So right now, I think the right thing to do is actually save up as much cash as possible because in the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to buy assets at a discount, whether that's stocks, whether that's Bitcoin, whether that's real estate. So we want to put ourselves in a position where we're ready to pull the trigger and make some big money moves when that time comes. We don't want to buy when the market's going down. We want to buy when the market bottoms. So that's what that'd be my general advice to everybody. Okay. And and what about gold? Is gold something that you should also consider investing in at this moment? Because gold is always not a lot of people know this. The people always think about cash and savings and stocks and all that. But gold is something very good you can invest in. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a there's a difference between owning gold as in like through an ETF or through a stock mm-hmm. versus owning actual physical gold. No, I mean actual most physical pe- gold. Yeah. 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 So I would say if you're going to own gold, definitely own physical gold. The The issue with gold, it, gold is manipulated by central banks globally. So mm-hmm. the price of gold should actually be higher than a, what, it, what it is today. Unfortunately, and it's not. A lot of foreign central banks actually are now starting to buy a lot of gold. So China and Russia specifically are buying, their central banks are actually buying gold to back their economies. The U.S. has actually not been buying too much gold recently, uh, but there's now a movement of other foreign countries buying gold. I would expect gold to go up in price, especially if we do another round of stimulus in the future and we continue printing money. But again, investing comes down to opportunity cost, right? So 
if gold goes up because money's printed, I guarantee Bitcoin's going to go up probably more than that. So if you had to choose between the two, I would probably invest in Bitcoin, although I don't think owning gold is a bad idea necessarily. Okay, so there's three options for the people right there. Bitcoin, gold, and save cash. People, uh, yeah. stop spending the money out there. What do you say for people that are like, oh, but Bitcoin like isn't a thing. It's not backed by anything. Like You got to believe in it in order for it to work there's no and, regulations on it now well, yeah well what do I mean, you say if, when for people that are just like it's not real yeah i mean u.s dollars aren't real either right they're backed by the full faith and credit of the government right mm -hmm. and technically if you want to get technical u.s dollars or currency is backed by our military because the only reason why we're the global reserve currency is because people don't want to step to the united states now that's changing obviously with russia and china but it's just something to consider the U.S. dollars are not backed by anything. They used to be That's backed by gold. Mm -hmm. Post World War II in 1945, we started. We back after we won World War II, Europe was in debt. We started back. The U.S. owned about, I believe, about a quarter of the gold in the entire world, and so we backed our gold. We backed our U.S. dollars with gold. So if you had dollars, you could convert them to gold. However, in 1971, we actually broke that oath with our with our allies, and so we actually severed convertibility from U.S. dollars to gold. So basically, we broke away from the gold standard in 1971. People just don't realize that. So now we're in this kind of fiat money system where money, whether it's the euro, whether it's the US dollar, whether it's the Japanese yen, these currencies are backed by trust in central banks and government. And so, you know, if you're saying that, hey, well, Bitcoin's not backed by anything, I mean, neither is fiat currency. So, I mean, you, you pick your evil right at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. So let me ask you something. So how did, where does this interest for you personally come? Like my interest is being on a microphone and talking shit and, you know, writing comedy and creating content, right? Mm -hmm. That's where my passion lies. Where did you, when you were in high school, you're like, this is what I'm going to do. I, I couldn't picture you being in high school. No, like, no, no. Checking no, stocks no. and shit or, or <laughs> eighth grade. like, where did this come from? Was it your parents? Was, was it peers? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a competitive dude. So I, I played sports my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, so anything I do, I try to win. Mm -hmm. uh, I really started getting into investing in stocks and probably in college. Um, listen, the reality is, man, I'm not trying to be poor. Right. And when I went to Columbia, a lot of my peers had a lot of money. A lot of them mm -hmm. came from wealthy families who, you know, they went to Ivy League schools and everything. I didn't have shit. You know, my mom raised me with my grandmother and that's it. And so we as I left college, I knew the first thing, first objective is try to get some money, however it is, right? Mm. And so I, I kind of went into, I naturally gravitated into finance because when you go to, when you're, when I was in engineering school, half the kids go into engineering and half the kids go into finance. Mm. So I was like, engineering is kind of not really my, my thing. I don't really want to do that. Finance, I can get behind because it's like a sport. You know, you mm. try to make money. The scoreboard, you check the scoreboard every day, scoreboard's how much money you got. And so, you know, I, I worked in finance and I just fell in love with it. It's interesting. It's intellectually stimulating. And you could always get better. I could do this stuff. And, you know, Warren Buffett's still investing. and He's almost 100 years old. Yeah. This is something you could do for the rest of your life. So I don't even think I feel like there's alive. longevity in this. <laughs> I think it's just. Uh... So you mentioned another thing like athletes, right? They have a, a time span. I think one of the best to uh, do it besides Magic Johnson and Shaq, I think A-Rod. I think A-Rod yeah. knew early on exactly, you know, that there was a timeline on how much money he was going to make. And he knew what his worth was in baseball. He maxed mm -hmm. that out, and then as soon as he finished and he retired, he started making investments in car dealerships and whatnot. Presidente. Yeah. Presidente yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. Talking about real estate too, yep. So what do you think that 
some of these leagues need to be held accountable for their athletes spending the money properly. I mean, the ESPN did a great uh, documentary called Broke. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, do the leagues need to be held accountable to teaching these like college students or these third world country mm -hmm. guys that they sign, you know, because they spend a lot of money in Mexico and Venezuela sure. and the Dominican Republic to sign these players. It should the leagues be educating their players? I mean, I think absolutely. I mean, financial literacy, mm -hmm. no one receives. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, the thing with the challenge with money, especially with these athletes is, you know, the quicker you get money, the faster you usually lose it. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these guys, they're taught how to communicate. A lot of these teams teach people how to speak English, how to, how to do interviews and everything like that. But mm -hmm. they don't talk about them about with financial literacy. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's absolutely necessary. I think I saw a stat with the NFL where it's like after five years, after five years of leaving the NFL, I think 50% of NFL athletes go broke or something like that. I mean, it's, it's a tragic crazy. number. Wow. So yeah, it was like crazy. a 30 for 30 on it. But I mean, this happens in all sports, right? And so there has to be something about it. But I think that's why financial education is so important, whether you're making a couple million dollars a year or whether you're making 50K a year, because either, either way, you have to get, you have to realize how to play the game. Otherwise, you're not going to keep your money. So Delonte right. West of the Cleveland Cavaliers and a bunch of other teams, he made an estimate of $16 million during his playing career. The man is mm -hmm. dead broke now and addicted to drugs. So that's just one example how things could go south. Um, yeah. Did, did you see yourself like, man, I'm not going to make it to these pros. And if I do, minimum salary is five. Did you do the math in your head? I did the math and realized that I can make more money going to college and getting a professional career than ever doing anything with athletics. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta lean in this direction and not even waste my time trying to play, you know, D three baseball in college and waste my time. And I'd rather, I just, I should spend more of my effort and energy studying so I could get a good job after school. Okay. Right. And now you took that leap. Let's talk about, uh, you know, a lot of people are scared to uh, take the leap, be their own boss. Um, that, that's real. That's real. It's a scary leap to take because, you know, yeah. a paycheck is an insulin drip. You know, it's like not insulin drip. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. It's um, heroin, um, it, it, it's, heroin it's drip. <laughs> it, it's a dream killer. It's a dream killer. So, yeah. How did you take that? It is. It is. Man. People pay what I think is J. Cole. I think it's J. Cole. He says, like, people pay pay you to forget your dreams. And that's mm. what a paycheck is. Or maybe it was Russ. It was either J. Cole or Russ. They they said that line. And I was like, damn, that shit is real. Because it's true. You know, you get a steady job. And then suddenly your dreams become more and more scary because you, you want that stability. Mm -hmm. And, you know, inherently following a dream is unstable because there's this huge what if. Okay. So, yeah, it's like, tell us, tell us. About Let that. me ask you for... Uh individual close uh, just asking for a friend just for asking for a friend he got two kids just bought a house you know has a very good decent job should he make that leap like you made that leap and what made you make that leap i mean i think the easiest thing the easiest part of my decision was that i was young and didn't have kids mm -hmm. i think that was first and foremost i know <laughs> i know there was a timeline on me and i'm like all right i get a good five six seven years where i can make this happen before I start, you know, getting burdened by family, not to say that family is a burden, but stop your responsibility, responsibility, responsibility does, does slow down your dreams a bit. But uh, no, I mean, I quit my job when I was, I think, 26, 27. Um, I knew wow. I was at that point in life where I, I knew enough to be dangerous, but I also had enough energy where I could teach myself anything that I didn't know. 
And I was also at a point in my life where even if I messed up, I could always go back and get a job. I didn't have anyone necessarily relying on me. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I was in a decent position where I could pull the trigger on that. But I mean, it's probably one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. I mean, I'm still sacrificing to this day. So I'm definitely not making what I used to make at, at the bank even. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the, I know I'm on the path and I, I see myself every, even every quarter, every month, I see myself getting incrementally closer to kind of where I need to be and have financial freedom. But I would say the most, the best thing about leaving my job and leaving corporate America is that I have freedom of time. And I think people don't think about that. That's it's like, no one tells me, no one tells me when to wake up. No one tells me when to go to sleep. No one tells me when to work. No one tells me when to chill. I have full autonomy of my time, my calendar. And so, you know, yeah, I want to, I want to be doing a podcast at 8 PM at the end of my day. No problem. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do this. Right. But some people at 8 PM, when they come back from work, they're shot, they're tired. They just want to sit back and watch or Netflix. Some people are still working. Like, so some people are still working. So you know what? It's just it kind of just depends on what your personality is like. For me, I know I'm a I know I'm a hard worker and I know I like to get after and I'm competitive. So this felt like a good path for me and I'm happy I did it. Wow. Wow. I'm just uh, this this is going great. Too many shots. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I would say I would say for for the when you when you say you know you have control over your own time. That is a really big responsibility that I feel like at the same time, you know, it's great, but not everyone can do that either. You know, I remember during quarantine and granted quarantine was a very special time, but I, it's the only time that I can go back to um, where I was an adult with freedom of my time. Terrible situation. So maybe it's like a little skewed, but I had a hard time even planning my days sometimes because why? I was just like, I don't know why. Like there was some date. I think it's. Did you call up Brian? Like creative. Brian, what should I do right now? <laughs> I got all this fucking time right now. I attributed. <laughs> she to looked being over a to creative. me. She was like, "Yo, come on." <laughs> Yo, no, he was always gang banging. Um, like he was, a... and I'm over here like, mm, should I have breakfast? Should I make a video? Should I, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it, it's like it, there is a big responsibility, and you know, having control over your time because you have to actually set your own schedule, and a lot of people don't know how to actually do that. Mm-hmm. And that could be tough too. And sticking to it, because then you're only accountable to yourself. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like the point where you guys, you're talking about owning your own schedule in your own time. It's priceless, especially me now as a father of two. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to, you know, there's days where I could work from home. And the fact that I get that freedom from my office, I really appreciate it. Because I'm able to spend yeah. time with my kids. And they grow up really fast. And you don't get that back at all. So it's something that I learned with my first and now with my second, I see her a little less because my first was born during COVID. So I was able to spend that time with them. And it's part of why I started my own show, my own podcast. And I wanted to eventually make this vessel and this vehicle into its own thing where I could do mm-hmm. it when I wanted, how I wanted and made money off of it. Right. So if you could. I think that's the new American dream, honestly. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I have a friend. He recently quit TikTok. He had a $250,000 job. And he quit TikTok to launch his brand. That's quit amazing. TikTok? You mean he quit his job to, to launch he, his TikTok brand? No, he has a, band, a brand called Plural. He also has a podcast called Quinto Eres. And he literally took the leap. And um, he did an episode called I Quit. It was number one on Spotify. Um. And he, even before he quit, he released his bonuses, how much money he made a yearly 
because he wanted his female counterparts to get paid equally as well. Mm -hmm. And then he talked about the culture in TikTok. Um, I've had conversations with him afterwards. He's like, no way I'm making the amount of money that I was making there. Oh, no. (laughs) But he was smart enough with his money that when he made the exit, he was going to be good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's all about making the leap, though. Word. And, and being and being prepared, you know, to make that leap, whether it be like fi- financial preparedness, mental preparedness, mm-hmm. just being like have your ducks in a row. I feel like that's really hard. Yeah, but at twenty six, yeah, like I was just interested in just drinking beers, hanging out at the bar, uh, <laughs> watching sports. Most twenty six year olds are even to this day. Yeah, but in you this man's I- planning his financial takeover of the world while I'm in, <laughs> you know, the monkey room drinking beers. But you know what, man? At the time, I tell you, I was making really good money at the bank. The, what I, my job was, some people would consider a dream job. Like a lot of people I went to Columbia with would die for my the job I had, covering beverages, tobacco, and cannabis. Really cool industry, making a lot of money. But I hated my life. And you could even ask Jasmine on a day to day, this shit sucked. And I would sit, I would, I would dead ass sit at my desk late night. I'd be there Friday nights, 10 p.m., 11 p.m., midnight, and I'd be like, yo. Every decision I made in my life brought me to this point. Like that means that I can get myself only I can get myself out of this situation. Mm. And so I know it sounds it's really easy to say, oh yeah, just quit your job, quit corporate America and just start your own business. But this was like years in the making. Like I knew I had to do something, but I couldn't be too quick about making a decision. I had to plan it out. I had to be thoughtful. And you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta follow your gut. And you know, the reason why I started with the gym first was because that was more of a passion project. I love the gym. It's a big part of my life, been an athlete my whole life. But, you know, kind of going back, going after that, I realized, you know, I'm not going to become a millionaire running a gym. I'll make good money. I'll make decent money running a gym. And it's fun and it's fulfilling. And I get to meet a lot of great people. But this is not going to put me in a financial, you know, in financial success. And so I already had a skill set, stocks, markets, everything like that. And I'm like, what can I do with this? How can I monetize this so that I can achieve financial freedom? And so, you know, when COVID hit, everything kind of lined up right. And you know, I, I kind of flexed my relationships and all, you know, everything I built over the past number of years. And, you know, I took the leap of faith, but it's not like it was an on off switch. Like this was very methodical. It was a lot of years in the making. And so uh, I would just say to anybody who's trying to make that leap of faith, like just be very thoughtful about what you're trying to do, because reality is you probably only have one or two shots to make it happen. Right. So mm. you got to make sure those, those shots are on target when you make them. Medicine Capital Digital Assets Fund. Uh Explain to me what that is and how much money do I need to give you? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> oh man, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much about for legal stuff, but mm. uh, the minimum investment is about twenty five k. Although I, I can be flexible with that. Mm. Really, what it is, it's a pooled investment vehicle. So I have family, friends, former coworkers give me money together. My money is also in there as well, and I, I invest it as one portfolio. And so the objective of the fund is to outperform Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin is up. Hopefully we're up more than Bitcoin. If Bitcoin's down, hopefully we're down less or up or even flat. So um, you know, I'm happy to say that we're actually up 2% this year, where a lot of people are down a lot of money. A lot of people lost money this year. I think Bitcoin is down about 55% year to date. So we're doing well so far. Um, but yeah, we've been in operations for six months so far. So we'll see what, where this is going to go. But I mean, I'm in this for a long game. I'm hoping to do this kind of until I retire. So this is kind of, mm-hmm. this is my, my magnum opus so far. So do you picture yourself living like Bobby Axelrod from the show <laughs> Billions? <laughs> nah, man, that's not, that's not really my lifestyle. Um, I want to stack up. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Do you watch about. the show? 
I, I, I know Bobby Oxenrod. I don't watch the show, though. Okay, Everyone tells okay. me I should watch it. You should. You but, would love um, it. I probably would. Yeah, I probably like it. Um, no, man. I, I, listen, I want financial independence. I want financial freedom. I want to be able to live life on my own terms. That's what this comes down to. It's, it's not a specific number, although I have some numbers in my head, obviously. Um, but I want to just reach escape velocity so that, A, I never have to work again. Or if I have to work, it's because it's my own, it's my own choice, not because mm-hmm. I'm forced to. And I can also hook up my family and friends to the extent possible. So I'm just trying to put myself in a good position where I can help as many people as possible. Wow. I like that when you say um, escape velocity. Because <clears throat> I feel like that's different for everyone. And, uh, you know, I feel like for people out there that, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I just want to be paid. I just want a lot of people make up all these arbitrary numbers. But I think it's important for people to actually stop and think like, well, what? What is it like that I want? What is your and number? and what is what is the velocity that I'm looking for? You know, like if I'm trying to live a K, Kim K lifestyle, then my escape velocity is a billion dollars. You know, you know, what? you know. I feel like Wait, everyone just needs to needs to figure is out that, like, what is, is it? that the goal, though, Jazz? No, no, no. I don't need to be a billionaire. I would like to be a billionaire. I'm never gonna say no to it. But for me, my goal is to to just never have to think about like money. Okay. Just never have to think about it. If I want to go freaking order go to Nobu and ball out. You know, I could go and be like, oh, I want to travel be wherever menu. you want to travel. Like I, I, all I care about is travel and food. Like yeah. I swear to God, like I don't like that is like all I'm focused on travel food. And of course hooking up my family. But like, as far as like, you know, I don't, I don't need to be really flashy and have a $800 shirt. You know, I'm totally fine. In my little target tank top. I just want to <laughs> eat good food and I want to travel to nice places and I want to hook my family up and that's it. So I, I got a surprise for you, uh, Brian. I'm going to play a 30-second clip, and I'm going to bring in a special uh, co-host that we have here on the show. Um, let me find the clip first. <laughs> and we'll be right back. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast. And now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Yeah, Pfizer uh, sponsors this episode. Um, great you commercial. On, you got you on payroll, huh? Thank you, Pfizer. I mean, that's that, that's that drug money, huh? That's that new <laughs> drug money. <laughs> In the building, let's switch yo, Dr. Yo, G yo, around. Yo, Rick, was good? What's up, Dr. Dr. G is all about his money. So, uh, my man Brian Velez right here. Uh, he could, we could have this conversation now, Dr. G. You're yo, making all this yo. money off these sessions. What are you going to do with it? Wait, tell me, say that again. What are you going to do with all this money that you're making? You know, you're charging $600 a session, an hour, you know. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Is that smart? Brian, is that smart? Blowing it in the club, making it rain? I mean, yo, if you're getting laid and it's worth it to you, man, go for it. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's that's, that's pretty surprising. You about that life? I'm not about that life. I'm about stacking up my bread. I'm not about that life, but whoa, whoa, you might whoa, be. Whoa. What should I do with What should I do with my bread outside of spending on the ladies? Because sometimes they get real expensive. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like they just want me for my money, so I want to like do something with my money, so I don't just give it all to them because I'll go broke for the ladies. Is that good? What? Good financial advice to invest in women? Yeah, is that good <laughs> advice? Is that is that good advice? You preaching that on your website? <laughs> it depends on the woman. <laughs> oh, I see you, player. <clears throat> wow. But I, I I would take that strip club money and I, I would definitely buy some Bitcoin with it. That's the, the first thing I'll tell you for sure. That way you Jay-Z can go back to the strip me, club. <laughs> Jay-Z told me oh. don't spend it at the trip, strip club, but to, but to know about my credit. Okay. Well, what do you I mean, think? What I mean, do you think? Too. I mean, absolutely. Buy assets, have a good credit score. And then you can, you know, you can have some fun with the money. Listen, m- money is just a vehicle, right? Sometimes we got to eat. Sometimes we try to have fun. So mm-hmm. people have wow. the right to do whatever they want with their money. That's why I say, but never forget, you got to make money before you can use it. Yeah. So after you buy the houses, Dr. G, then you could go to the strip club. Um, got you. Got you. So Dr. G's credit is, is up there. What's the first thing Dr. G should do though? Because I heard... Yeah. I heard bad debt is good debt, actually, like owing to the bank because you own a home or you own some assets. I heard that that's good for you. I'd say some debt's good to take on. It just depends on what the interest rate is. So right mm-hmm. now, central banks are raising interest rates. So actually buying a house right now is actually expensive. Yeah. Right. The same house you could buy today versus six, seven months ago. The six same house costs around. twice as much. It's, yeah, I think, it's, I think mortgage rates are about 6%. Yeah. Six months ago, they were about 3%, right? So mm-hmm. that same house you would have bought six months ago, that monthly expense is now double. That's crazy. Mm. So I would say usually when, in, when mortgage rates are rising, we typically see housing prices fall in the following 12 to 18 months. So if you're looking to buy a house right now, my advice to you would be stack cash because housing prices are definitely going to go down in the next 12 to 18 months. And you want to be in a position where you can actually buy something at a good price and not at an inflated price. Mm-hmm. So Dr. G wants to buy these these uh, these Maybacks, these G-backs, like he likes to call them. <laughs> like Ricky uh, Rose. Uh, yeah, that's my guy, my financial advisor. How would I, like, is, is that a smart move? Exotic cars? I mean, if they have resale value, maybe. I mean, if you're into collectibles, I know some people do that and they, and they, they sell them back um, mm. at a later time. But me, I, I lease my car because I don't feel like buying a depreciating asset is worth it to me. Um, to me, you know, I'd rather lease the car. I, it gives me more flexibility so I can I can pivot if I'm moving or something. If I don't need that car at a certain point in my life, I can get out of it. You can also sell out of your lease too. So mm. it's not like you're necessarily tied to the lease. So I, I, I'm not really a big fan of buying cars, but... I mean, if it's like a collectible, if it's like a super rare exotic or something like that, and some people are into I mean, that, Dr. G's you know, you can flip it, that. So it has to be. I know. Exactly. I'm all about buying my car because, you know, I don't like that monthly payment. That's why I mm. get it out the way. Because oh. I'm going to keep this car forever. I ain't trying to pivot. No. It's my baby. Okay. So uh, leasing over financing as far as cars goes. That, that's your For advice. cars, yeah. That's what, okay. that's what I would say, yeah. That's a personal decision, I would say. But for me, that I would rather lease. Okay. Yeah. They don't work for me. I mean, the car, the way the car market is right now, it's it's insane. Crazy. You, you oh, might pay crazy. a ton more of your financing because of the demand right now is higher than the supply. Um, what about jewelry? What about jewelry? Yeah, you know, I, that's my I, next thing. Dr. G's yeah, got a ton of gold. And, you know, if I'm I'm dripping, dripping in this gold, you know what I'm saying? I got this money and I want everybody to know you. I'm, I'm, I'm blinging, blinging. What's your thought about that? Yeah, you know, honestly, that's a good question. So I think... 
listen, <laughs> I think I think gold's good to buy. I think diamonds are good to buy. Just don't buy too much, right? Because at least okay. those assets are gonna they're gonna hold their value over time, and they'll probably keep pace with inflation, especially gold and diamonds. Um, if you're gonna buy jewelry, don't get don't get fake stuff. That's the number one warning I'd probably issue to most people. Never um, don't play get a knockoff. Get, get yeah. <laughs> talking to Rick, you know who he's talking to, son. Doctor G, right. what about engagement rings? Doctor G's looking at a few right now. Is that a good investment on on his part? Because he's giving it away as a gift. Uh, I would defer to my last answer. It depends on the woman. Or, or... <laughs> mm, okay. Okay. Word. 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 Doctor G, you got any other questions you want to ask? A few. Oh, damn. Yeah, and then I'm gonna just the the one that says yeah first. My oh, that's okay. That works. That, <laughs> that's a good theory. Shorty, just okay. in case I get a couple no's, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What What about uh, children, though, Doctor G? Like, what if the nose? I'm gonna have a little clan with just my shorty. Okay. I, I don't like no baby mamas. Can't have no drama. <laughs> so, Brian, if I'm getting married, is this smart for me? If I have some money saved to get a prenup or to look into that and like to separate my finance from my wedding at this point in time? Uh, I mean, that's probably more of a personal conversation, but I mean, I like to be transparent. Um, yeah, just like if I'm coming to you, like I'm part of the fun. I'm like, listen, I got all this money and I'm marrying this girl. Dr. G's marrying this girl from the strip club. So it should he what? take care of him? I mean, I mean, yeah, in that situation, for sure. I think that's the right move to make. Yeah. But okay. I would say that if you do it to the wrong woman, you know, it could probably cause some challenges in the relationship. So mm, just be aware. Cheaper to keep her. Word, word, word. <laughs> Word up. Dr. G, do you have anything else? Nah, yo, I feel like I really know what to do with my money. I'm going to get iced out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy a crib. Okay. I'm going to invest a little bit. Okay. And then I'm going to go get the rest of the shorties, you know? Okay. Word up. Dr. G, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. G, thank you for coming back on the show. We truly do appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me. Well, you're Deuces, you're more than welcome money, to man. come back. Money man, okay, Brian. Brian, I guess you're money man from now on. Money That's dude. it, finance dude. My man, like math. Word, word up. Thank you, Doctor G. Wow, Doctor G is incredible. Great, yeah, I love it. Incredible, incredible. So, uh, blowing your money in the strip club. Now, let's get back to the car situation real quick, because um, I have people who have who work in the dealerships and they're the director of finances and they, they're, they agree with you. They say it's mm -hmm. better to lease at this point than to finance. If you finance, yep. you're locked into that rate for as long as the terms are the lease. You're not, you're able to, you have more flexibility, especially yeah. with the, the prices now. I would say it's almost kind of the same, even for, even for housing, right? Like I know a lot of people say, renting is throwing money away it's really not because mm -hmm. when you buy a house you got to pay taxes you got insurance you have other costs that people don't think about renters don't have to think about that mm -hmm. so if you're trying to keep your life simple lease a car rent a house rent an apartment unless you know you're trying to sink your roots and kind of live in a specific place and that's the place you want to own and live mm -hmm. i mean i think for most people you know leasing and renting is not a bad thing i think there's a lot of stigma around it mm -hmm. people make you feel bad if you're not buying a house and if you're renting as if that's the American dream. But, yo, sometimes, right, like, especially right now, housing prices are out of control. I mean, so are rents too, but housing prices, I mean, you're buying a house, but prices can fall at, at you know, 20, 30, 40%. We don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, how, how expensive are you going to buy a house for? It's, this doesn't seem worth it to me, especially if you're locking yourself into a 30 year mortgage, you don't even know where you're going to be in five, 10 years, let alone 30 years. So mm-hmm. I think it's a tough decision for a lot of people to make, but I don't think there's anything wrong with, with leasing or, or so renting. One of the future episodes I want to do is uh, on first time homeowners and people buying homes. Cause it's a lot of questions I get, like <clears throat> since I went through the process, a lot of people ask me about it. So I'm going to bring a realtor on. I'm going to bring a lender on. And if Brian, if you would like to join us that day, I'll send you the day and it works for you. You're invited to come on and speak on it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Jazz, you missed Dr. G again. Damn, I stay missing him. I really want to see him. What do you have to he's say? A, he's, a, he's a character. It's a character. It's a character. Um, and he was just talking about strip clubs and stuff. That was the first thing so I... money there. I know. I know. At least he's I happy. Told him, I told him stop doing that. I'm like, yo, you got to do something better with your money. And he believes giving it to the women in strip clubs and... I think up. he's just a feminist, so he's, he's in support mm. of, okay. you know, women on the come up and... Mm-hmm. I think he's going to pay college. it yeah. forward. Okay. I yeah, yeah. I get it. That's what I would say. That's what I would say about Dr. G. You know. Here we go. Quick question. Quick question. So when you talk about like, like when you talk about, you know, starting starting a business and, you know, trying to be financial savvy, what do you say to like people that might be like, oh, but that's such a big sacrifice or that's such a big risk and. You know, even then, maybe maybe they have savings, and maybe they're just like, ah, I don't want, I don't want to take the sacrifice. Yeah, I mean, I think people need to realize that either way, you're making a sacrifice. You just gotta choose which one it is, right? If you if you're quitting your job to start a business, trust me, you're gonna be making sacrifices down that journey. But if you don't quit your job and you decide to stay in your nine to five or whatever job it is, that's also a sacrifice too, because maybe you're unhappy, maybe you're unfulfilled, maybe you're not doing your dream job. And you might be just addicted to that steady paycheck and that's giving you that false sense of security. So either way, you're making a sacrifice. It's just one's in your face and one's not in your face. Right? Yeah, it's in your Brian face if you quit your job. I know all about my life right now. <laughs> but that's, you're that's, talking that's, to me that's, too, Rick. That's, that's I still reality, got a nine man. to five. We in the same boat. We in the same boat. I'm on my nine to five too. You was looking through my LinkedIn, huh? Nah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um. Jazz, you have any other questions for this guest who you have no idea who he is and you just met today? I mean, you said a lot of big words. So mm. do you have, you know, do you do you do videos or something that like you could break it down for the average people that don't know these big ass words? For people um, who get financial advice from Instagram like me. So I would yeah, say. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'd say Google's your best friend. No, I mean, listen, wow. I talk this way. That because was I, I, he said, I he said, he industry. said, <laughs> 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 nah, just like sending that thing. Uh, my friend used to do it all the time. Let me Google that for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, it, it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to simplify it because these are complex topics. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't realize how complex a lot of the system is. Like even the topic of money, I could probably spend an hour just talking about what is money, what money used to be historically and what it is today and what how it's evolving. People don't want to hear that stuff. It's it goes over a lot of people's head. Look at you shaking your head right now. I but concur. you know, Sometimes I would say I'll ask a question and he's like, 
I'm like 30 minutes late. I'm like, can you just just get to it? Get to no, it. No, I like I liked I like the history. He gave us brief history on the government. I do yeah. like the history. I, I liked like all that. I thank you for that. It was, but sometimes it's, you know he gets all up in the well, it's important to understand, at least in my opinion. He's giving so, you the details, lady. I'm giving you the details. No, but sometimes I just want a high level. See, that's the headline reading mentality that a lot of people that, have. Yeah, the, give me the headline. Yeah, that's, that's what that is. This is what happens when we have social media and all that stuff. People it's want true, this stuff like, come our on, attention hurry up. Span. Yeah, yeah, exactly. absolutely. I, you know, th- that question I just asked, I, I ain't going to front. It was a trap question because I've been telling Brian, I'm like, you need to make you need to make content that breaks it down super simple, and he hasn't done it yet. Well, that's so, why that's, you why, know, it, that's why he's tough. got you it's in this corner. That's yeah. a moneymaker idea, though. If he could break it down simply. like. But you the on. content creator, aren't you? I got to make my own content about dumb shit. You know, like, we got to <laughs> we gotta make people laugh about ridiculous things. Not smart comedy, shit. Dumb shit. <laughs> the, the, the math, math. Wait. I, I, but you bringing him a solution, right? And I'm giving you a solution to the solution that you have a problem with. I know, I know, but I can't make the content, you know. Well, but I you can help. It. You can help. She you wants. She wants me to put her on payroll. That's the problem. No, I, I'm she expensive. Wants to be on payroll. I'm expensive. And he you wants do these twelve. I can't afford her. You do twelve <laughs> topics. You outline each one. You give it to Brian. You say, "Can you simplify this?" And you record and edit it. All right, maybe I'll try to do that this week, Rick. Thank you for. Giving I mean, me this homework. is something you want for him. <laughs> it's right? also something I want for myself because I'm like, I, I would, so I would consume know. that content. She's been trying to convince me to start back, TikTok for a while. I appreciate I it. I mean, I've been I trying. I got. You. I mean, so listen, this... hold on. She's right in that aspect. I, mm-hmm. I know. I, I understand. It's just difficult. <laughs> it's there's barely any algorithms with the application. It's easier to the the generation that follows you on TikTok. Um, they're a little bit more loyal than Instagram. Like if they mm-hmm. follow you, they'll like your stuff. They'll comment on sure. it. They'll share it. They're um, active. They're not. They're cool. very active. Yeah, Instagram's too cool for school. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a piece with uh, a podcast, and it was about you know if you date a girl for nine months and she turns out that she's pregnant, you know you're obligated to be responsible for the baby. And my response was no. And it was that's all I said, right? And that clip went viral and there was like 859 comments on it. So that's just on TikTok alone. So TikTok is... I I I beefed from that the other episode. I was like, Yes, you are. <laughs> no. If I'm with you for nine months and all of a sudden you give birth to a child that's not mine, I am because in the she oh, says it's not yours. Yeah, yeah. What? I thought it was, you know what? I misheard. I thought and it was she said, guy. He wouldn't do that. And <laughs> she says that you are now responsible for that child. Like you, you a stepdaddy already? Like you have to pay for it, take care of it, raise it. And I was like, no. That's a red no. flag. Yo, did you see the girl that got that, that put her baby daddy on blast for only buying one McDonald's meal? No, I didn't. Oh my God. I'm going to give you a quick summary. Woman, she's like, I'm about to expose my baby father. So her baby dad gets out the van. He's like, why are you recording me? She said, I'm going to expose you. Why'd you only get, like, he was like, she was like, that's one bag. What do you got in there? He was like, burger, fries. I got a drink. Like, it's his favorite meal. And she was like, and what about the other kids? And he was like, what about them? I only got one kid with you. Like, you got three other kids. Like, those ain't my kids. I didn't have those kids. Those are your kids. And she's like, but those are his siblings. And he's like, 
but I only have one child. And it was like, it was like this multiple part video. I see his point. Everyone, but. everyone in the comments was like, this woman is crazy. I'm, I'm definitely team him on that because I'm like, he's supporting his. But kid. as a human being, dad. though, like as a human being, though, as a human. So she her thing. Right. This was my thing. Her thing was she was like, you know, I don't get my food stamps. till next month. But maybe oh, instead of man. coming at him, barking at him, you could just be like, hey, could you help me? And I'm not a fan know, of people putting their personal business on. Yeah, like it was crazy. But just the old. But you watched. How many times did you watch it, Jasmine? Oh, I only watched it one time through. I you I can't watch things multiple times like that because then I start feeling guilty, like wasting my time watching this craziness. But I it was very entertaining for that one. I, I read through the comments. I read through the comments. I will say that. <laughs> and we could have been doing Brian's first video. You see, <laughs> <laughs> Brian. I want to so thank Brian, you for coming on the podcast. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's very obvious who got the win. You know, one couple. There's one that <laughs> is is like. One is is marrying up, you know, you know, like for me, it was my like me. I, I won. You know, I got another bet. obviously jazz. Congratulations. Get get out of here. <laughs> listen, listen, we won. We won. I, I, I like Rick. I like Rick's a good guy. Rick, I, I, Rick is really on your side today. Like I, I really I really like you guys. It, it's uh, it, it's it's cool to meet somebody's other half. You know, yeah. Um, and we've talked about Brian like in a mythical sense on the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the legend of Brian, yes. Yeah. So it, it's uh, we talked about. She mentioned that you work out and that you're pretty uh, jacked. So um, I did say that, Brian. Right. You see, I talk about you. In, I, in a I own a gym, so I have to look good. <laughs> it's part of the market. It's a requirement. So. Otherwise, people won't it's sign up. <laughs> They'll be like, "I'm not signing with you." <laughs> so I can't own a gym, Dan. Damn, All right. no, Rick, Rick, that shit failed. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate all the financial advice. I appreciate you uh, sharing your story with us. Um, very inspiring, my brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, Jasmine, congratulations one more time. Uh, and we'll see you guys next me. Tuesday. <laughs> Bye. Let me see if I could do this the right way. I, I, didn't, I didn't forget how to run my own show. Oh, here we go. Come on, producer. Here we go. I this I need to get Justin back because I could just do all the talking. He does all the graphics and all the moving around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you guys next week. Uh, you feel that now? I feel like Rocky in this one, baby. Let's go. Blast from the past, back from the future So if I pull the trigger in the past, there's no you and your future I'm still hustling, still hugging the block The referee to the shit, I'm still calling them shots I can't be stopped, that's what I told you I'm living my life like a box of Crayolas I'm cutting up white, smoking that green Purple color pens, I'm still making this cream I'm so sick, uh, check my throat quick My wrist light up a room like a handful of glow sticks I'm like spoiled milk, the kid's gone bad Then it's the menace, my pen touches the pad uh, Niggas is mad, but the ladies is glad Yo, they rubbing up against me like this nigga is rad Fucking two divas, drinking on sangria I got the beam of the colors, diarrhea uh, Tie your strength to my feet cause I'm so fly Hopped out the DeLorean, it's Artie McFly